Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching If You Can't Scooby-Doo the Time, Don't Scooby-Doo the Crime. Titled, if you can't do the Scooby Dooby time, don't do the Scooby Dooby podcast. <laughs> so I have to say, coming back to this after a Christmas break, mm, not a fan. Don't want to do this anymore. I feel like we had a lot of fun recording the Chan Clan Patreon episode, which will be going up tomorrow for our patrons, and it's even going up. Free, technically. We're not charging you for yeah. January. Well, I mean, it's it maybe this is the bit of the carrot and the stick. You know, we lure you in with this, and then we hit you with fees. I will probably announce when fees are coming back into play. <laughs> really not a good plan for me to announce a scheme like that if I'm intending on being evil. But unlike the prison industrial complex, I'm not evil. Hi. This is Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. And we have to talk about the prison industrial complex. Yeah. It's not good, Amelia. We've seen prisons before. We have. Uh, we've even had the gang interacting with police before. I mean, when police come to take the criminals, off they go. Police interaction. Yeah, here, it's, though, it's a fairly regular occurrence, but here. Here, though, it's different. Because these are the worst possible iterations of these characters that you can get. So Fred Jones has just gone and broken my heart by getting down on his hands and knees and putting a whole cop's boot just right in his fucking mouth. And I- Goddamn cop boot licker bastard. I understand that it's for the purposes of an arc. Like, obviously that is sort of Fred's arc in this episode, that he is- He's going to the prison, hero-worshipping the warden and the idea of prisons and, uh- Evidence, I mean, evidence is still good, but the, the way that he goes about it, I, his unwavering faith in the justice system is shaken a little bit at the end, but I feel like the episode doesn't do enough throughout to shake it. Just, just one series before this, when he was like hurling rocks at the graveyard ghoul telling him to leave those beautiful immigrants alone, yeah. Fred would kick an ice agent's ass into the dirt. Here, in Be Cool, he would fucking join them. Because he'd be like, look, they have evidence. 
Oh my god, look at this neat armband I get to wear. <laughs> oh dear. It's like lightning bolts. Apart, <laughs> that's terrible, that's terrible. <laughs> Apart from Fred, even at first glance, the first thing we see in this episode is two prisoners cleaning the warden's office. Like, essentially, prison labor. I don't know if they're getting paid a, a penny an hour or whatever to clean that office. But, like, this this is a bad thing, people. On if, prison property? Probably wouldn't be paid anything. Not at all, probably. It's just a chance to get out of your cell and stretch a bit. Prisons do this. Prisons use their prisoners for free labor. Free labor in the United States never went away. So it's a bad taste. A bad taste starting out. The episode does sort of counteract it by saying that this is... Well, wait a minute. They say it's an abandoned prison. It's being closed down. But what the fuck were those two prisoners at the beginning doing there? Why were there two prisoners at the beginning? I'm you are only... asking for consistency in a series you're not going to get. <laughs> because throughout this episode, after that, this it feels like an Alcatraz. This prison's very much modeled on Alcatraz, where it used to be the height of incarceration, but now it's being closed down and, and maybe turning into a tourist trap. But why were there prisoners at the beginning? If those were the last ones to be shipped out of this prison to other prisons, they seemingly you would leave the worst of the worst till last. Mm -hmm. And if those two were the worst of the worst, why were they unsupervised cleaning the <laughs> warden's office? That yeah. would be the fucking narc's job if it would be anyone's. You're not wrong. How about a premise for this episode? If that's what we need to take us to the next step of bitching about Fred Jones. I mean, we, we can go right to Fred after. Fred has an invitation from the warden to visit the vault, a high-security prison which is soon to be closed down. During the visit, he is distracted by unmasking Shaggy as the person who stole his sandwich, while tracking down the ghost of Steel and Stan. Terrible premise. Terribly written. <laughs> so confusing. Who is the warden? I... That's true, it's a not- A warden invited him here. It's not like it's the mayor. <laughs> the mayor. That's something you can say without- The president? The farther down the chain you go, the more identification you actually need. The emperor? I know who the fucking emperor is. The warden, I'm a little fuzzy. So the Fred Factor. The Fred Factor. Fuck you, Fred Jones, in this shitty iteration where you just- apparently suck cop cock through glory holes of the prison industrial complex constantly. Fred Jones would destroy a thin blue line flag if he saw one. Yes, the real Fred Jones. Okay. The Fred of our hearts. My Fred Jones that was accused of a crime and said, fuck you, no, <laughs> he and ran. Yeah. This is a Fred who, like I said before, has unwavering faith in the police and the judicial system He's being brainwashed by this warden, it seems. Beliefs and evidence, without a doubt. Context is fucking everything, my man. Yeah, and it's... And it's the way that he uses evidence. And this is, this is evident, ironically, in the episode itself, because his tuna fish sandwich goes missing. And he spends the episode accusing Shaggy of this crime and gathering evidence of Shaggy for this crime, but he was looking for evidence against Shaggy. He wasn't just looking for clues and then putting them together 
out of, you know, a, a neutral place. He was looking for accusatory evidence. And that's a big problem with if, how cops actually operate. If you look for evidence, you will find it. Because you've already gotten in your head, this is exactly what I'm looking for, and I will find the things that prove this. Yeah, and, and you know what? He didn't even find evidence that Shaggy had eaten his tuna fish sandwich. He found evidence, certainly, that Shaggy had eaten, perhaps even eaten, a tuna fish sandwich. Because, like, Shag Shaggy eats. There's no doubt in my mind that Shaggy eats. And, like, but he doesn't, he doesn't steal and lie. Can we, like, stop fucking obsessing over this tuna fish sandwich, Fred? Because it's probably just tuna with the smallest amount of mayonnaise on white bread. It's a white Sit boy sandwich. Sit down and shut the fuck up about your sandwich, Fred. You cannot have... He, okay, if he believes that Shaggy has stolen his tuna fish, fish sandwich, he should not have even given him the opportunity to commit this crime. This was a crime of opportunity. He should have made that sandwich when he wanted to eat it. <laughs> Well, I mean, he knew he was... Like, he, my first note is that Fred is on a boat. So he he knew he was going on a boat ride today. He may have saved that sandwich for the boat. I am on board with packing a light snack for boat rides. That is not a part of Fred's personality that I will argue against. Let's take to the rough seas and then eat a stinky fish sandwich. Well, That's the best well, idea. While looking right at the fish. Being like, look, this is what we turn you into on land. I was talking more about seasickness, honey, not oh. a stupid vendetta <laughs> against fish, which we've already seen with Daphne. Fred is not even disturbed by the extreme torture rooms he sees in the basement. Fred is looking at this all very academically. He's not considering the real toll on humanity that these systems have taken. I know, like the yeah, the torture rooms in the basement that include like giant drills and yeah. shackles and manacles. That should disturb somebody. It's black men on small crimes of drug possession are being put in shackles and drilled through in the vault, and Fred Jones is getting a fucking chubby over it. But you know, I mean, they they do this. You can. I think it's, is it Kingston Penitentiary that you can go and, and tour and they actually just have, like, old guards there, like, telling the tales and showing you around. But, like, that's, that's one perspective. That's one very clear perspective when you have all guards there touring you around. Notice there aren't any old prisoners. Fred doesn't even really renounce his beliefs at the end. He, you know, he's disappointed in the warden, but in the same way that, I mean, sorry to spoil the whole episode. In the same way that Velma is disappointed in her science professor at a science fair episode. When he's revealed to be the monster. Like, it doesn't shake his belief in the prison industrial complex. Nope. This Fred is literally the worst. Anyway, let's look at the victim of Fred's accusations. The Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. I mean, I have no pity for Shaggy. <laughs> being accused of these crimes. I thought it was a special... It, it, you know what? I was just annoyed by the concept that Fred wouldn't get over this tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. They, uh... Shaggy even says he would have stolen the tuna fish sandwich if he knew about it, but he didn't. Shaggy 
You accuse Shaggy of something, and if he did it, he'll tell you. You burn down the storage building? Almost oh, definitely. Shaggy is your friend, first and foremost. I like that quality of him. I like Shaggy who's like, look, you guys are my friends. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of shitty. Yeah. You know that. We're friends. That's not friendship. That's idiocy. Well, sometimes in Mr. Mr. Optimism here, I hate to bring you down to earth. <laughs> I, I, that he's honest with his friends, that's idiocy? Yeah, because he's going to keep doing all these crimes. You wouldn't do this, these crimes to your friends. Yeah, he shouldn't, yeah. Regularly, he shouldn't. I, th- I thought you were saying, like, honesty was the idiocy. The idiocy is the fact that he would steal the sandwich in general. Idiocy is just everything Shaggy Rogers does. And here's the thing. Shaggy doesn't steal food. Scooby-Doo steals food. Often from Shaggy. Shaggy says in this episode, I have stolen other tuna fish sandwiches, but not your tuna fish sandwich. He uses the word steal. But if what we are saying is Fred Jones... You and your white fucking privilege. Here's what I'm saying. If Fred Jones wouldn't worship a prison like he does here, Shaggy wouldn't steal in other episodes. I'm agreeing that this is a poor characterization choice. Okay, but then if this episode had been about an amusement park instead of a prison and Fred was still going on about this tuna fish sandwich, how is Shaggy having taken it not stealing in that situation? I, I, in this episode, he is characterized as a thief. Yes, uh, because he has taken something that doesn't belong to him in any situation. But uh, I'm saying in other episodes... It's still technically theft! No, no, no! What are you arguing? I'm arguing that he doesn't steal in other episodes, and then in this episode they introduce a history of theft that I've never seen before. I've I've watched the past Scooby-Doo episodes. I don't remember Shaggy stealing food. From, okay... If it's on a table, yeah, but not from his friends. He takes food if it's out, if it's, like, offered to the group, if it's public food. He takes public food. How much is he paying you to be his attorney? (laughs) He doesn't steal private, well... Doesn't steal private food. How many times has he ended up in a private building and raided the kitchen? That's, that's unlocked. <laughs> the time they were in an orphanage and they just, like, held themselves to everything. Oh, I, yeah, he takes a lot of food, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. We also get a number of point-of-view shots in this episode, um, mostly from inside of Shaggy's body. Yeah, and they're all disgusting. They are. I I don't... Why is his mouth toothless? And it's got, like, weird hairs growing out of it. Because that wasn't his mouth. That was his nostril. Thank God. We get get two separate point-of-view shots in this episode, and I know that's not his mouth, because we see the inside of his mouth when, when Fred is, like, scooping around the inside of his mouth with his finger. But later on, we also get a point of view of his nostril... When the security guard is looking up in there. I don't know how many more orifices of Shaggy we need to see close up. But by my count, there's only about three left. We've, we've only... 
I'd say we've gotten into his ears before, so I think we're down to a, ma a major two. It's the urethra next. P P O V. You are Shaggy. You are Shaggy's urethra. <laughs> and Fred's angrily <laughs> examining you for a tuna fish sandwich. <sighs> Last note for Shaggy is a confirmed fact that he eats every four to ten minutes. It's good to know, because now I know how often I need to feed my Shaggy. As far as Scooby goes, he does nothing in this episode. He really doesn't, no does he? for him. Uh, uh, my only other note for Shaggy is that at one point he falls into a fake wall by, by leaning on the wall, falls through it. Yes, very Shawshank moment. That they didn't end up crawling through tunnels full of shit. Little disappointed. <laughs> Velma continues her fear of water. The first time we see her... In the she, stupidest way she continues it. She's on the boat wearing water wings and what I can only describe as a water neck brace. It is a water wing that she's put on her neck. She also has water wings on her ankles. This is so fucking stupid. We have life vests that you wear as a vest. It is the most established way to stay safe on the water. Much safer than water wings, I would say. Why would she think for a second that she's supposed to be the intelligent one? Yeah. Every character in this show, the worst characterization we've ever seen ever. I'm almost afraid. I mean, do you? I'm, here's the thing. I have zero to I say have for nothing that. Else. Well, I have nothing else for Velma beyond that. No. I only have that she's afraid of water. And then Daphne. I, <laughs> I, have, I have a couple notes I do feel are valid going through. Uh, when they discuss the smell of this place, of this prison, uh, Daphne describes the smell as old yogurt, and I found that very evocative. At one point, she's also eagerly laying down on a prison bed, and I found that disturbing, because this is like an old abandoned prison, and, and I can only imagine the state of that bed before it was abandoned. And then the big note for Daphne, I, I think we do need to say, She's the one who stole the sandwich, watched Fred ac accuse Shaggy for this whole episode, and said nothing. The point of that being, but you were making such convincing arguments, you had even me fooled into thinking that Shaggy stole your sandwich, proving once again that all cops are worthless. Also, just a real bad look for da Everyone's got bad looks today. Shaggy coming out a little better just because he's so victimized, and, and he, he keeps proclaiming innocence, which he is then vindicated by. The Miner mentions, not a lot since we're on this island. Uh, really, besides those two prisoners at the beginning, there's just Robbie the doorman and the warden. He's a doorman? I thought he was a security guard. I guess in a prison you would call the doorman a security guard. <laughs> A prison guard, more <laughs> specifically. Oh, yes, come on in, sir. How was your day? That's, yeah. He's, the prison guard is always snapping on a solitary glove. It Because he's really into fisting, but yeah. he doesn't like to get dirty while he does it. Like, it's a very, not a very subtle, a very overt uh, anal exam joke that's done over and over again. Yeah. Mommy, why is that man putting on a glove? He's cold, dear. The warden, 
Um, you know, at first seems like a pretty nice guy. Oh. Has a nice fest. No, no, this is what I'm saying. He's one of the, he seems like a nice guy, but everything he represents is is bad. Hate his mustache and his hair. This Tim Burton character looking motherfucker. His want. Were they going for a Christian Slater voice? What the fuck was up with his voice? It was the worst. He, well, he's played by Billy Gardell, who you might know from America's Mike and Molly. No, I would not know anyone from that. It's not my style of comedy. Well, what about the villain of this episode? The ghost of Steel and Stan, the most notorious person in this maximum security prison. Because he stole something. Yeah, he one heist, I think, he's been charged yeah. with. And he he becomes, like, the most notorious prisoner? No, I think, like, a serial rapist murderer cannibal would be the most notorious prisoner. You put this guy next to Professor Pericles, and I'm thinking the parrot is a bigger deal. The parrot is absolutely a bigger deal. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a Nazi sympathizer. A Nazi sympathizer? And a Nazi in the same room? Yeah. You got two Nazis. I do I do agree with you. I my mouth was just looking for a few more syllables to kick around. It's a very aggressive episode today, and I yes. I think it's warranted. I hate prisons. Why do I have to watch a prison episode in a children's media? Like, I just don't... We went to Alcatraz for a fucking skateboarding tournament. Like, that's how they turned... <laughs> toned it down in What's New. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't actually talking about incarceration. Fred Jones certainly wasn't waving around his don't tread on me flag. <laughs> just... Just shaggy and a helmet and elbow pads. That's what we had back then. So, the Ghost of Steel and Stan... Uh, we, we get two versions here. The living Steel and Stan, small man, long, shaggy hair, madness about the eyes. But the ghost of Steel and Stan is uh, large, water-bloated, because the, the conceit is that he escaped the prison but drowned on his way out. So you have this big, hulking, like Solomon Grundy-type character... Uh, in a prison uniform with shackles all around him. And who is he? He's Steel and Stan, Amelia. <laughs> because under the Steel and Stan costume is the real Steel and Stan. He escaped the prison. Well, he didn't. He escaped his cell and just hid in the walls of the prison, creating this facade. Uh, because what he wanted to do was prove his innocence. Steel and Stan was innocent the whole time. And the warden was never allowing his letters to be mailed out, which feels highly illegal, and was hiding a, a snapshot that was like exonerating evidence. The warden had evidence that this guy was innocent, but didn't want anybody to escape his prison by legal means or no. This is Azkaban, or whatever the fuck Harry Potter's prison is called. <laughs> That's it. That's you got it correct. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it's just it's a it's a lot. Like, here's the thing. Here's what I would do if I was adapting this episode into a movie where it ends would still be about the half hour mark, and then the rest of it is the warden being like, "Nobody leaves my prison, not even you, Mystery Incorporated." And now they got to do a prison break. 
but that still wouldn't address the issues of incarceration in the prison industrial complex. You can do a prison break in a more lighthearted way. Break out of some other building. What's a non-threat? Break out of a, 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 a firehouse break. You're in the firehouse. Feasibility. Is it feasible that someone would be wrongly imprisoned and then kept imprisoned in order to uphold a corrupt system even though there is evidence that they are innocent? Yes. Yes. Now, is it feasible that he would accomplish anything as a ghost? No, because once a cop decides that you're guilty, you're fucking guilty. Whether you're guilty or not. I also feel like there's not going to be as much room in the walls of this prison as they imagine. They're like, these are heavy stone walls. This is essentially a, a castle. Is he scary, though? I, I thought stealing Stan was pretty scary. Especially at that part where he started melting. That was some good imagery there. I gave him a three because I liked the water element of his costume. He pumped water into his costume so that he was always waterlogged and he was bulkier. Mm -hmm. And I believe it also added a bit of a ghostly glow because the water... Oh, yeah, because he cultivated <laughs> bioluminescent algae in the basement. Fuck off. <laughs> Jesus that, Christ. I Can feel like Sco like... Scooby-Doo always finds a way to get a glow in. They love their glow-ups. Uh, I'll go higher. I'm going to give Steel and Stan a five for bulkiness. Do you have any other general thoughts or feelings? During the chase song sequence, why do all those staircases move around? Why is this Hogwarts? Because they've mixed up Alcatraz and Azkaban. And also, a black light gets shone on them at one point. Oh good, now we can see all the cum that's everywhere in this <laughs> all-men's prison. I did like the joke that once the black light was on them, the gang thought that everybody was a ghost. Because the only time they've seen someone glowing is when it was a ghost. Fun joke. Sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, other things I didn't like. I didn't like that this episode seemingly co-opted the Gestapo bots. Yeah, they like... When Fred's describing the prison and its security measures, he's talking about how there's, like, robots. And they're... They're it's identical. The, yeah. They're almost identical, if not completely identical, to the Gestapo bots of Mystery Incorporated. How fucking dare you? Yeah. You're gonna ruin the Gackling Green Ghosts, and then you're gonna pull in the Gestapo bots from my favorite series? Mm-mm. No, it's not happening. I will burn this world to the ground if this gets any worse. And they mention a creepy owl clock, and I'm sorry, those clocks are adorable. With their eyes that go back and forth? Aren't they usually cats? They are usually Felix the cat. But I could see one being done as an owl. I, I thought it would be something funny to be enraged at since it was so low stakes. Uh, overall, Amelia, is this episode a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? This is a Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. Yeah, I'm... Like, if, if you think that Scooby was done dirty in the Green Ghost episodes... Fred? Oh my fucking god. Fred is not supposed to like cops. All cops are bastards. Fred Jones knows that. That's why he solves mysteries, because he knows cops won't. Mm-hmm. More cops like we saw. Like, more... Ah. I do like this episode 
showed the intense corruption. But I just didn't feel like the stance was firm enough against it in total. I don't know. I'm also going to give this one a Scooby-Don't because politically it just didn't jive with me. It's because it put those words in Fred's mouth. Don't mess with Fred. That's, that's our message here at Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. You know what? If, if period, if you want a character to be likable, do not make them cops and do not make them sympathetic with cops. Fuck the police. What's our next episode? Who gives a shit? <laughs> our next episode is Gremlin on a Plane. Classic little Twilight Zone story there they could be referencing. Or perhaps the 2006 Samuel L. Jackson film, Snakes on a Plane. Um, they could also be referencing that, it, was it Roald Dahl that wrote the Gremlins? He did. Roald Dahl wrote and a then, like Gremlin script for Disney that never got released. And Looney Tunes has a Gremlins mm-hmm. on a plane bit. There's, Real Ghostbusters has one where they're in like a, a Ford dealership. Yeah. <laughs> and like there are those ones where you can put water on them and... and you can't midnight. put water on Well, you can, and then something crazy happens, Amelia. Just you wait. <laughs> Listeners, if you would like to reach out to us, uh, we can both be found online. We're on Twitter, at TheBillySeagWire, at FatalAmelia, and at Scooby underscore Dews. If you'd like to listen to any of our old episodes, they're all on our WordPress, YouTube, and Tumblr page, Scooby Doos or Scooby Don'ts. You can check out our Patreon page. I have my own personal YouTube page. And you can find us on Instagram. I'm at Fatal Amelia. Billy's at Billy Seaguire. Sans the the because he can't be consistent. I think there was, I think there was a limit on Instagram. I don't think I had enough characters for the the. If you'd like to defund the police, (laughs) that's rad. And correct. (laughs) And on that note. That's it from Scooby-Dooby-Us. To Scooby-Dooby-Oh! Roll cops are bastards. Even McGruff the crime dog. (laughs) (laughs) You think McGruff is a Scooby-Doo icon? I think he knows. He looks up to McGruff. (laughs) Class solidarity among dogs.